Manifesting seems to be the big thing at the moment. You can't turn a corner, but for another person talking about the benefits of manifesting. Now, I've broached this subject before. I have said that I fully believe in the power of directing one's attention, mental and physical, one's committed energy into purposeful action to apply yourself on a journey towards an outcome that I have no problem with. It's pure common sense and manifesting shares the same practice. Where I become a little unsure or uncomfortable is when manifesting references the universe and universal energy. I have a background in science and I'm someone who is most comfortable when I can see evidence, repeatable, measurable, verifiable, credible evidence. So the role of the universe in manifesting is not something that sits easily with me. But in the interests of broadening my mind, I shelved my scepticism for the purposes of this broadcast and read a book gifted to me a couple of months ago called Manifest by Roxy Nafuzi, which is the subject of this Happy Habit podcast episode today. Hey there, Matthew Norrie here, host of the Happy Habit Podcast, talking health and well-being every Monday and Thursday. We conduct interviews with experts on psychology, neuroscience, productivity and motivation with over 200 episodes and listeners in approaching 120 countries. You'll find us on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram and anywhere you get your podcasts. If you get value from this podcast series, please consider subscribing and sharing with your friends and family. The author Roxy Nafuzi, prior to writing this book, was, from what I can gather, a bit of a socialite with a love of hedonism, of drink, drugs, partying and a history of depression to go with it. At 27, she found herself at rock bottom where she happened upon the subject of manifesting while listening to a podcast. She became a convert overnight as her life changed dramatically. She found a partner and became pregnant. The unconditional love she had always craved was at last hers and she attributed this to her discovery of manifesting. So what is manifesting exactly? Well, everything is made up of energy that vibrates at its own frequency, high, medium or low. Like attracts like, so high frequency vibration attracts high frequency vibration. Our thoughts and emotions have frequencies which change as our emotions change. We attract to us the frequency we broadcast. So high frequency or high vibe emotions would be love, peace, joy, gratitude with low vibe emotions being fear, anger, anxiety and sadness. The author states that when she references the universe in this book, she means an infinite energetic force that underpins the power behind manifesting. Now, the book is broken down into seven simple steps to living your best life. Again, much of this is common sense. So let's take you through those seven steps. Step one, be clear in your vision. You need clarity on what you want the universe to provide you with. In other words, visualizing exactly what it is you want in your mind's eye. 
Now, science is already aware of the power of visualisation. When we imagine ourselves in a stressful situation, our brain responds as if we are in that stressful scenario. And we create stress hormones like adrenaline and cortisol. Our heart rate speeds up and our blood pressure rises. So we are seeing real world physical effects by simply imagining something in our minds. That is powerful stuff and we do it all the time. When we couple visualising with the idea of energy, we attract what we feel. So be careful what you visualise and what you are feeling when you are, or you won't attract what you want. The author introduces us to the concept of the vision board to help us design the life we want in detail, from career to love to personal development, and all adhering to a specific timeline. We are told we are the designers and architects of our own lives, that we dictate, that we are in control. We must, however, be willing to let go of the person we once were and the person we thought we should be. We must embrace change, which is inevitable. Step two, remove fear and doubt. The most important thing about manifesting is you don't manifest from your conscious thoughts alone. You manifest from your subconscious beliefs. So you must truly believe in your worth and that you are worthy of attracting these desires into your life. So we must believe completely in what we desire, which makes sense. I mean, look at the most driven people of the last 100 years. I'm talking people like Mandela, Steve Jobs or Marie Curie, all possessing unshakable belief in their passions. There wasn't an ounce of self-doubt in Steve Jobs and in his mission in technology. Same for Mandela, who was resolute about his mission for a society based on racial equality. If either person had doubts, they wouldn't have possessed that bloody-mindedness that saw them achieve so much in their lifetime. They would have undermined their own ambitions. The author states, you simply cannot manifest when fear and doubt stand in your way. You could easily replace the word manifest in that sentence with succeed, and it would be just as valid. We are asked to note down our beliefs and our doubts. These are defined as limiting beliefs that are holding us back from living our best life. The more aware of them we are, the less power they will have over us. To help us conquer our fears and doubts, we can do four things. First, we master our thoughts. We use our conscious mind to feed our subconscious mind empowering thoughts. We banish negative thinking. We reframe situations we encounter in order to alter our perspective from glass half empty to half full. Secondly, watch your words. Talk about what you want rather than what you don't want. Literally change your language from I can't to I can, from I won't to I will. The subconscious mind is influenced by your conscious mind and by the words you use. Thirdly, mantras or affirmations should be used in order to ingrain the message you desire into your psyche. Mantras like, I love my life, I am grateful, I feel calm, I can manifest anything I desire. And lastly, practicing visualization to help us visualize our fears becoming tiny and insignificant. The author also underlines the importance of cultivating self-love. Because without this, we cannot manifest anything. We must treat ourselves with respect. 
We must let go of judgment and self-recrimination. We must be our own champion, valuing our own health and well-being and showing ourselves kindness and forgiveness. And ultimately that we deserve what we want to have in our lives, what we desire, what we want to manifest for ourselves. Step three, align your behaviour, which means showing the universe what you believe you deserve. The way we behave is a direct reflection of our self-worth. This is an extension of the previous point I made. In other words, being the energy you want to attract. The key here is that you are taking an active role in your journey of manifesting what you want. You aren't simply visualising your ideal life and sitting back in a recliner, passively waiting for it to fall into your lap. If you have a desire to get say a particular job in a particular field, then you must actively seek out jobs in that area. Ditch fear of action and procrastination. The more active you are, the greater the likelihood that your desired outcome will happen. It's kind of like the more you practice, the luckier you get. Act as if your desired outcome is a foregone conclusion. Fake it until you make it. In order to do this, we must become comfortable living outside our comfort zone. Get comfortable with discomfort. To help you, determine what your why is. What is your reason for pursuing a particular outcome? Divest yourself of any excuses which are just a result of fear and self-doubt. Meet challenges head on because they are absolutely guaranteed to happen. And this then leads us into step four, overcome tests of the universe. Now, there is nothing surer than life throwing curveballs in your way. Once you accept this fact, you will be empowered when it happens. Life isn't a straight line, so when things don't go the way you planned, you are being given an opportunity to show up for yourself while building inner strength, resilience and courage. I like the quote in the book in this chapter, sometimes when things fall apart, they are really falling into place. Step five, embrace gratitude. This chapter opens up with another quote I like, a grateful heart is a magnet for miracles. Again, the author states, we attract what we feel, which I'm very comfortable with. When we are in a bad mood, for example, the more negative we are, the more negative situations, incidents, comments we find ourselves immersed in. We have all experienced this. And this is essentially us manifesting a negative world for ourselves based on our conscious, subconscious desires and our own negative language. We are manifesting our world, albeit a negative one, so we can choose instead to flip this on its head and manifest a positive life experience instead. One of the best and easiest ways to do this is by practicing gratitude. You can be grateful for yourself, for your life and for your world. Ultimately, being grateful and practicing gratitude means you are drawing your focus to what you have rather than what you don't have. It's important to note that you can be grateful for what you have right now in this moment while possessing a clear vision of what you desire from life. The author calls this a manifesting sweet spot. We can practice gratitude by writing gratitude lists of things we are grateful for, by keeping a positivity journal, by constantly focusing our attention on the good things in our lives, be it a gift we received by surprise, 
a bus that arrived early, a compliment we received and value all of the little things that we experience in life. Step number six, turn envy into inspiration. Envy is a corrosive emotion that we hear a lot about these days, what with the ubiquitousness of social media and its projecting images of other people's lives and success at us constantly. As the author says herself, social media is a playground for comparison and a fertile land for envy to grow in. To help us tackle social media's toxic effects, we must curate our social media feed so that we aren't being constantly exposed to unrealistic and frankly fake posts that trigger us and make us feel less than by comparison. We should instead ensure our social media feeds help us to be encouraged, uplifted and, most importantly, inspired. And when we see someone who has succeeded or who has something in their life that we would desire in ours, we can cultivate happiness for them and use that person's success to inspire our own success. If they can manage to achieve, then so can we. Four steps to turning envy into inspiration include, number one, become aware of it in your thoughts and your words. Number two, Remove shame and self-doubt that comes with envy. Value yourself with self-love and with compassion. Three, learn from your envy. What is it driving? What attributes does that person possess that you desire? And number four, at every opportunity, seek to turn envy into inspiration by altering your perspective. Once you know the life you want to manifest, you've cultivated self-love, removed fear and doubt, overcome tests, aligned your behaviour, embraced gratitude and turned envy into inspiration, all you need to do then is to have trust that the universe will provide you with everything you need and trust in the manifesting process. This means possessing unwavering belief and confidence that you will attract what you want. It's crucial that you ditch in patience as it undermines your belief that your desire will manifest. Now, as I said at the outset, the notion of the universe acting on our behalf sits a little uneasily with me. But if I reframe this by saying that if we adopt all the behaviours the author promotes in this book, well then we load the dice in our favour. It really is a law of averages that you will get to the port of your destination if you aim your boat in the right direction and chart your progress as you go along your way, rather than blindly and half-heartedly commit to your journey. Again, there's a lot of common sense in this book. So many good pieces of advice about visualising, about how we treat and talk to ourselves and how we stick to the plan of acquiring our goals. What role the universe plays, I honestly don't know. I think I will probably need to do a little bit more digging on the subject, but I enjoyed reading this book at the same time, and I think you might do so too. Well, thank you for listening to this edition of the Happy Habit Podcast. Until next time, stay happy. (music) 